You are listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, a podcast for survivors of suicide loss. In this weekly podcast, you will learn more about your unique experiences and gain insights on your brain and how it processes grief and loss due to a loved one's suicide. While suicide grief comes in all shapes and sizes, Amy shows you that you still can have a life full of joy and fulfillment even though your loved one died. You don't have to just survive anymore. You can thrive. You are listening to the Survive to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, episode 18, Accepting Help. Hi guys, how are you? How was your weekend? I hope you had a great one. I celebrated my birthday this weekend, had such a great time with my family. My husband surprised us with a spontaneous weekend at Great Wolf Lodge, and I just had such a great time. They built this Great Wolf Lodge about three years ago, I want to say, so it's relatively new, and we have been there one time before. And my kids just loved it so much that we knew we had to go back. So we went again this weekend and had such a great time. They have this area there where there's some toddler slides. And my 20-month-old son just had such a great time on those slides. And it was so fun to watch him because my older daughter would take him to the top of the slide and help him to get himself positioned where he could go down this water slide and either myself or my husband would be at the bottom to catch him. And they had these blue slides that were like a little bit slower than this other slide that was green, that was taller and it had faster water flow. So it was faster. So in the beginning, he was going down the blue slides, and then he discovered the green slide. And once he discovered the green slide, there was no going back. He wanted to do that slide over and over and over again. And it was just so fun to witness and watch him because he would climb up the stairs, and he would walk as fast as he could to this other green slide, and he would plop himself down with no help And he would scoot his little bottom to the top of the slide and he would just use his arms and push himself down and he would come down so fast. And while he was at the top, he would be shaking because you could see he was scared and he had fear, but he would face his fear and he would go down the slide and he would giggle and laugh and smile from ear to ear. And it was just such a fun thing to watch. But at the same time, it was such a reminder about how all of us need to face our fears in life, right? Because the reward is so great. It's so grand when we're able to be willing to face something that is scary, something that's uncomfortable. And it was just super fun to observe, you know. And I was also thinking a lot about watching him because in the beginning when he had my daughter help him, how he was so accepting of her help. But once he got it down, he didn't want her help anymore, right? Because he learned how to do it. He didn't need her anymore. So he wanted to do it all by himself. So he would go up there and my other daughter would follow him and he would turn around and essentially give her the signal that, Hey, I'm good. I can do this by myself. 
and he would exercise his independence and do it all by himself like a big boy. And I've been thinking a lot about that in our own lives and how that shows up for us as adults. Because when we are going through our human experience and we are born into this world, we are very dependent on parents to take care of us, right? And as we continue to grow and progress, we learn to be able to do things for ourselves. And it comes slowly but surely. And generally speaking, most of us are fully independent by the time we reach adulthood, okay? And when we do get to that point in our lives, we exercise a lot of our independence. And there is a lot of pride with having our independence, right? And there becomes a great big section in our journey in life where we are able to be completely independent of anyone else's help, right? Until we are elderly, And once we do become elderly, then we revert back to some of that need of having someone else to be able to help us, right? It becomes more challenging to walk, more challenging to feed ourselves, more challenging to use the bathroom, to take a shower, right? And so at that point in our lives where we become reliant again on others to help us. But in that space between being an infant and being elderly, there is the times that will come up and show up in our lives where we're really going to need help. Okay. But it's a challenge for us to accept it. And we become very resistant to accepting any kind of help because we want to, and we have a desire to be independent. And when it doesn't go as planned, it becomes very challenging to be accepting of that. Okay, so I really want to talk about this whole concept of accepting help. But before I deep dive into that, I think it's really important to discuss unintentional thinking and beliefs because once we understand our unintentional thinking and how beliefs are created for us, then we can understand why we become so resistant to accepting help. Okay, so... Because we are human, we are thinking thoughts continuously every day, all the time, every second, every minute, right? Every hour, all day, 24 seven. Okay. We are thinking thoughts, even if they are conscious thoughts or unconscious thoughts. Okay. We are continuously thinking. In fact, according to healthybrains.org, we process about 70,000 thoughts per day. I mean, isn't that just incredible that our brains are capable of processing 70,000 thoughts per day? It's just mind blowing if you really sit and think about it. Okay. And, you know, as we're processing those 70 thoughts per day, we're using a hundred billion neurons that connect at more than 500 trillion points through synapses and that travel about 300 miles per hour. I mean, just even talking about it to me just sounds exhausting, but our brains are continuously doing this. It is literally a powerhouse of thought development. Okay. It's what our brains are designed to do. And our brains create these thoughts, which we know create our emotions and our brains 
store memories, right? It stores beliefs. It stores the way that we conceptualize the world, the way that we understand and the meaning frames that we put around things, right? And it's just incredible that our brains have this capacity to do this and that they're working 24-7 and that they just never sleep, you know? But the most fascinating thing about all of this to me is that our thoughts are unintentional or unconscious about 95% of the time, okay? Which means really only 5% of our thinking is real intentional thinking, okay? But the good news is, is because we do have thoughts that are intentional, we can turn unintentional thinking into intentional thinking, okay? We can turn them into intentional thoughts, all right? Particularly the ones that don't really serve us, okay? Now, if you really sat and thought about what you think, okay, and how that shows up in your life, the great news is, is the negative thinking, the things that aren't serving you can actually be changed. And it's just great news to know that. And, um, we, all we need to do is really just be more intentional about the thoughts we allow ourselves to think. So you might be asking yourself, okay, so you're talking about accepting help. You're talking about unintentional and unconscious thinking and talking about intentional thinking. How does this all really relate to accepting help? Well, first off, you know, as a coach, I often hear people say that after loss, that they struggle when people offer help or when people do kind things for them. Okay. And it's just so funny to me how resistant we can be to that help when we're going through crisis and when we're going through something traumatic or going through something as hard as losing someone that we love and care about to suicide. Okay. But what I see from the outside looking in is that this is a belief that has been believed for quite some time. Okay. So beliefs are created by repeated thoughts about whatever it is that you're thinking. Okay. So for example, you see when, okay. So when we learn something new, it creates a very weak neural pathway in our brain. Okay. And in order for that neural pathway to be strengthened, it involves a lot of repetition. Okay. So in order to make the belief a strong belief, we have to think the same thought over and over and over again, right? And that will strengthen that neural pathway, which helps it to become a belief. By the way, if you are curious about what you believe, okay, what your beliefs are. Maybe you don't consciously even know what your beliefs are. Okay. All you have to do is look at your life because it is a manifestation of what your beliefs are. Okay. So the most common beliefs that I find that come up with people who have a real struggle and challenge with accepting help is I can do it by myself. 
I don't need help. I don't want to be a burden, right? That's a big one. So many people say that to me. I just don't want to be a burden. I don't want to put someone out. I don't want them to have to go out of their way. Okay. Again, a belief, right? At which we know beliefs are thoughts, right? They're only thoughts. Another one that comes up a lot is I can't accept help. It shows that I'm weak. Okay. Is that something that comes up for you too? That idea that if you are accepting help, that you can't handle it on your own, right? So again, these are all thoughts. These are all beliefs, right? That we create, which causes us to resist the acceptance of help. Okay. So why do you think it is so challenging for us and why we are so resistant to help? Okay. Well, the first reason is because it requires you to be vulnerable. Okay. For example, you might be a person that is usually providing the help and being in this situation, it's uncomfortable because it requires you to be in a need position, right? Which many people interpret to mean being weak or in a one down position. Okay. But this is not the case. Someone said once that being vulnerable requires strength and that it requires you to surrender to what is given. Okay. So I believe that being vulnerable is actually a strength and it's a skill that takes some practice, but it is definitely a strength and not weakness. The second reason why I think it is a challenge for people to accept help is because they believe that they don't deserve it. Okay. A lot of people struggle with a low self-esteem and they feel a lot of guilt for accepting help or generally speaking, worry about imposing on others. Right. And so this causes them to decide to just endure on their own and not accept any help from others because they just don't want to put someone in an imposition. But the truth is, again, a lot of these thoughts that we are thinking are beliefs that we believe from repetition, right? That creates these neural pathways in our brains. A lot of times they're not even true. And so what I have to say about this idea that, you know, you feel like you don't deserve it. The truth is all of us deserve help. All of us do, including you. We all deserve it at one point and at one time. Think about the people that you've helped in your life. Okay. Think about the times that you were able to hold the door open for someone or the times that you were able to help a mom that was struggling with their child, right? To like pick up something that they dropped or, you know, all those little simple things, right? Did you feel like that was a big imposition for you? Probably not. My guess is no. And I want to say that I think most people in this world feel the exact same way that when they are providing help towards you, they are not feeling like it's any kind of imposition. Isn't it crazy how these beliefs a lot of times they're not even true. 
but it's because these thoughts that we've been thinking over and over in our brains that have created this neuro strengthened neuro pathway, we believe that it is true, but it's not right. So it's really quite fascinating. So the good news here is because we do know that a lot of these beliefs about what we think is true about accepting help are not right. We can decide to not think that way anymore. Okay. And the way I want to present this and to tell you how to do this is to really just examine your beliefs. Okay. Just examine them and ask yourself, are they true? Okay. When you ask yourself that question, right. And ask it in a way to where you really want to get to the bottom of it. Like, do you know for a hundred percent absolute certain that is true? Okay. I would say probably you're going to come back with the answer of no, because there's no way that you could a hundred percent prove it. So really question, question and examine your beliefs. Okay. The next thing I suggest is to find the source of your discomfort. Just ask yourself why you really dislike accepting help, right? Is it your pride? Okay. Find out the answer. Okay. Find out if you had a bad experience in the past, right? Once you received help, once you understand this source of your discomfort, you can begin to challenge it. Okay. The next thing I want you to do is to consider the other person involved. Okay. Maybe that person really, really does want to help you. Maybe their intentions are to help you in some way or another. There are so many people in the world that are looking for ways to help others because it gives them a sense of purpose. It gives them a sense of contributing to the world. So I really want you to consider the other person involved. Okay. Lastly, something that I really suggest and I think is really great is to be willing to ask for help. Okay. This can be from a friend, from a family member, from a professional, from a coach. Okay. From a counselor. Okay. A therapist. I think being willing to ask is huge. Okay. Because that helps us to be willing to be accepting. If we ask for help, we'll be more likely to be willing to accept that help. Okay. All right. So I highly suggest that you really consider these things that I suggested today and apply them and be willing to accept help, be willing to ask for help, And I promise you, you will start to feel better once you do. All right. Thanks for listening, my friends. I hope you have a fantastic week. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on iTunes. Also, check out survived-to-thrive.com for more information and to subscribe to get the podcast's latest episode, along with useful tips you can begin to use immediately to feel better, directly sent to your inbox.